0: What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the Bama Beat Podcast, a podcast about pickles. And when we get bored, we talk about Alabama baseball, but it's mostly about pickles. I'm Brett Hudson, and I am joined, as always, by Hunter Johnson. Hunter, the baseball band is back together. It's been long enough. We're finally— It has
1: been a while. It has definitely been a while. Um, I, I actually got the, got the pleasure of um, having someone try their first wickle— uh, this week, and they really enjoyed it. I was very happy that I got to be a part of the experience. And um, this person will be will be a, a, a Wickle fan moving forward.
0: So is this kind of like being the the proud uncle at a baptism? Something like that.
1: I was. I consider myself to be somewhat of a, uh, a Wickles like uh, evangelical, um, you know, right. just really trying to get it out there to, for the masses.
0: And, well, then, and then
1: and then and then discipling people about Wickles, you know, like right. telling them about the different yeah, you know, the different types of wickles, you know. You gotta, you gotta really you know, once you start the wickles, there's so much more of the rabbit hole you can get down. So, you know, the okra, the uh, the relish. This this podcast really has been about wickles mainly so far.
0: So all right, so is there are there gonna be like Wickles missions? Like is there going to be an international wickles department? Or are we gonna send I, you to Puerto Rico I, I, or
1: that's what happens when they move into a new market, I guess okay that, that, that's wickles uh, yeah that's like the, the wickles missionaries like just send them into you know california or wherever
0: <laughs> well if you're in california alabama or anywhere in between go to wicklespickles.com to learn more about their products as hunter mentioned sandwich spread okra pickles relishes whole nine yards if it's a pickle related product they can make it for you and it'll be delicious wicklespickles.com Wickles pickles, let's get wicked. So if I'm not mistaken, Hunter, the last time we podcasted about baseball was shortly before the MLB draft. And since the MLB draft has happened, most of the undrafted free agent market has settled down a little bit. So now we have a decent idea of who will not be on the 2021 roster that we may or may not have expected to be. And that list... More or less starts and ends in in terms of the draft. Now there are transfers like Garrett Rooks and Justin King and others, but draft related attrition. That list starts and ends with Tyler Gentry, Brett Auerbach, and Casey Cobb. So what we're going to do in this podcast is kind of take a way way too early look at the 2021 roster, the holes that it has to fill, and what we might think what we think might happen with some of those holes to fill and keep in mind since the program is very much in a youth movement at the moment if that wasn't abundantly obvious with the amount amount of at-bats and innings pitched logged by freshmen in the shortened 2020 season it's entirely possible that one of the 10 signee high school signees in this class and now two junior college signees in this class comes on campus and and becomes an immediate contributor right, right away. So that's entirely possible, but we don't know much about them, so we're going to probably keep our uh, projections to returning Alabama players. But that's where that's where our, our head is at, and I, I think we need to start with Tyler Gentry because that one was was obvious. Like, even going back to preseason and fall, uh, no one on Alabama's coaching staff expected Tyler Gentry to be back in Tuscaloosa for. The 2021 season, their expectation was for him to have a huge 2020 year and then get drafted potentially as high as the first two or three rounds. Now, uh, obviously, the coronavirus pandemic had something to say about that. And Gentry- well, he was
1: having a great year before then. Uh, he sure anything? Was. I feel like the virus and you know, the season stopping maybe gave you a little bit of hope that he might end up coming back. But then you saw you saw some of the mock drafts coming out. And you're like, yeah, this guy's—he's definitely going.
0: He was, he was viewed as a top 100 prospect in the draft by Keith Law. Uh, it, it, was, it was obvious. He was someone who got drafted in the third round by the Kansas City Royals. He has since signed. And I would imagine that if he were able to finish the 2020 season without the, the pandemic, he probably would have gotten drafted higher because he was hitting, what, like 418? 429. 429 when the season ended. Um, Had four, four bombs. Uh, yes, yeah. and
1: slugging 750, on base at <laughs> 554. Um, yeah, I mean, he was getting on base a ton. Yeah, flugging, he was he was having a great year.
0: Slugging 750 in 16 games. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, but that's what he was up to. And now Alabama has a hole to fill in right field or one of its corner outfield spots. You could, in theory, move someone from left to right and have the, the hole to fill at left. But the point being there's going to be a corner outfield spot that needs filling. And I think what Alabama, well, I don't want to phrase it that way. I think what could benefit Alabama a lot is if Owen Diodotti uses his time in the summer in the honor of the game league that's going on in Mississippi right now, and then in the fall to hone his defense and make himself an everyday player in the lineup, not as a designated hitter, in the field, that would do wonders for, for Alabama. He was someone who defensively was a little bit limited as a freshman, which is why almost all of his time in the lineup came at designated hitter. But if he can develop defensively and become someone that Alabama can trust in left field or right field, that would be a, a big development for, for them. What do you see coming in the corner outfield spots? In 20- I mean, he
1: was he was, he was was going to be my first choice. If you can get yeah. him to a point where you can sit him in left, um, you know, I'd you you think that they're gonna? It really doesn't know because you don't know what's going to be done with you know if you're going to play. We have so many versatile guys that you don't know who's going to be in center. Right. Um, so you know it could be TJ, it could be you know Tate, it could be Peyton Wilson. Um, but just being able to have Diodati be able to be able to put him in left field or right would be really really beneficial and give you a lot more options with what you can do in the outfield and what you can do in the DH spot too.
0: And you make a good point about um, T.J. Reeves and the versatility, especially when it comes to center, because I- I'm realizing now that we've started the conversation that it's kind of hard to have a conversation about replacing Tyler Gentry without also folding Brett Auer back into that situation because he was someone who played a good bit of center field. Now he played a good bit of other places. So Alabama put guys like Jackson, Tate, and Peyton Wilson in, in center field to – fill that hole when Brett Auerbach was catching or playing third, but there there are really two spots in the outfield that they have to fill. And as you mentioned, with so many versatile guys on their roster, it can be difficult to really lock down who is going to play where positionally. Well like you and I, if we thought through it enough, we could probably form a power rated top three or top four outfielders on on Alabama's roster in 2021. But slotting them into a specific outfield position could prove to be tricky because someone like TJ, the athleticism is there to play center. Is he going to be able to read the ball off the bat well enough to, to play center and play center well in, in the SEC? That remains to be seen. It remains to be seen if Owen Diadati's defense develops to the point that he can be a reliable corner outfielder. In, in this league and, and, the, and Jackson Tate is another example of someone who if his hit tool improves, the defense is there with Jackson Tate. If he can if he can hit on a consistent basis, he's someone that makes himself very viable for center field. And then Peyton Wilson, his uh, his freshman season was wildly encouraging. So it's easy to project a, a big role for him, too. It's difficult to place these guys positionally. But I guess the point is there are plenty of bats and, and gloves that are capable of playing one of the three outfield positions. The the trick is how the coaching staff places them in the corners and then in center field.
1: Right. And then you've also got you know, Miles Austin, you go know, in that right. mix could also be a factor in any of those outfield spots.
0: A- absolutely. Uh, he's he's someone who I, I would I would imagine. And let me see if you agree with this. Do you do you anticipate the double play combo being? Miles Austin and Jim Jarvis in some combination.
1: Yeah, with one of them at second, one of them at short. I would think that would be your most likely thing. I mean, and they really could go either way, depending on who's who's your better glove. You put them at short, and then the other at second.
0: Right. It, it could take. It, it could take maybe a freshman in the class coming in and just being so good at one of the two positions that that frees you up to move Miles Austin to the outfield. And and I can now that I'm kind of thinking my way through that Alabama would. Would benefit from that, right? Because then you're getting a promising bat and a promising glove in in the outfield. That
1: it depends on what you're getting. I mean, it depends on you know the guys that step up in the outfield. You might have a freshman that steps up in the outfield. True. Um, as a as opposed to, and then you know, if you want to get your best bats in the lineup, you know, I think Jim Jarvis was pretty darn good this year, and and Austin, we know, has the potential to be. I mean, I would like for that to be our you know. Double play combination. I think that kind of gives us the best situation moving forward. But you never know. Like you said, a freshman could step in and and just kind of take over one of those spots.
0: Right. The the versatility of of everyone, as as we said a few times now, it, it makes it difficult to pigeonhole someone into a position. But Alabama's going to have options. Is is the point? Like you mentioned, Miles Austin can play out there. We mentioned all the guys that played out there last year. Owen D. And Dottie, Jackson, Tate, uh, Miles Austin played out there a little bit, Peyton Wilson. There are options out there. It's a matter of placing those guys into those positions. And then you bring in a, a freshman class as well that that ought to provide some some help. The other – and before we kind of differentiate between the two, I'm going to ask you this because I think there's, there's a very clear – Line of of thinking divide between these two. Which loss do you think hurts Alabama more? Losing Brett Auerbach or losing Casey Cobb? I mean, I think Auerbach. Elaborate.
1: I mean, he was just so versatile. I mean, if you had him back, you knew that you were going to, like, he would just, he made it so that, let's say that, you know, guys step up in the outfield. Okay, we'll just put him at, at third base or we'll put him at catcher. Like, he just made it, he gave you so many different options that, like, he wherever like you ha- may have a deficiency, or right, we'll just play. We'll play him there.
0: True. Yeah, no, I, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just uh, to play devil's advocate. When you try to replace Brett Auerbach at those positions, you have a bunch of candidates because, as we've mentioned, the the most recent freshman class was loaded with really promising position players, and many of them are versatile like Miles Austin and Peyton Wilson and to a lesser degree Jim Jarvis, Zane Denton as well, et cetera, to the point that you have a bunch of options to replace Brett back at all of the positions he played in the 2020 season. But with Casey Cobb, that's a important bullpen arm who his heir appearance isn't as obvious as the position players. Am I making sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, I guess I'm just kind of like – in terms of our arms, I'm just so much thinking about that in the front end of how, you know, and, and well, I guess it was kind of like what Bo said last year. He said that we had about eight arms that were pretty darn good. Right. Um, and we were going to return a lot of those. Um, and then, you know, and now you kind of saw how that front end, the front end guys really stepped up and were really good. You know, the, the three start the weekend starters. So it makes me just kind of worry a little bit less about the bullpen. And I feel like we'll have guys that will step up. I mean, heck Tyler. I mean, Tyler Ross, didn't give up an earned run, um, so he's a. I mean, he's a guy that could be that you know kind of stopper in the bullpen.
0: No, you you make a good point. So with that being the case, we'll we'll get to the bullpen and replacing Casey Cobb later with with Brett Auer back. We kind of touched on replacing him as a center fielder earlier and talking about the outfield. There are a bunch of options there. Maybe Jackson Tate becomes a two ninety hitter and he's the guy. Maybe Peyton Wilson just builds. On that small sample size of a freshman season, and he's the guy. Maybe there's some uh, blending in between there. But at third base, is there anyone in your mind other than Zane Denton? Zane Denton is the obvious one. Does anyone else come to mind as a potential third base replacement for Brett Auerbach?
1: I mean, I think it's going to be Zane Denton, or it's going to be a freshman. Um, it could. Okay. I think that's pretty much pretty much what. I don't. I, and I haven't looked enough at the freshman class to know if there is a you know kind of corner infielder um in that but i mean it seems like it's zane didn't shop to lose
0: i i agree i mean miles austin can slide over there but uh, again it feels like if if you're not going to have miles austin in your double play combo you're probably going to put him in the outfield as as opposed to at third base but a lot of weird things can can happen with with your roster. I I think Zane Denton is, is the guy. Zane is someone, the the bat is there. He was recruited because he can hit and and there is a belief that he can hit at the college level. Uh, The the defense is, is something that he's working on. Um, And as that grows and develops, which it often does with, with young players, he's, he's someone that could be um, encouraging there. If you're looking for an infielder and the, signing class coming to, to campus in the fall. You're probably going to look at Bryce Eblen um, out of Indiana, Will Portera out of Memphis. I need to stop getting texts. Hey, we're going to put text. that on
1: silent? What the heck, Boomer?
0: I know. I'm the worst. It's, it's through my computer. I got to stop getting texts in my computer, man.
1: Um, with your phone on speakerphone all the time, too. <sighs>
0: shut up. Uh, Dylan Ray out of Bob Jones and Caden Rose out of Bob Jones. Those are, those are some infielders in the uh in the signing class coming in, maybe some of those guys step step up as, as freshmen and make immediate impacts. Uh, and then at catcher. Th- so this is more or less an opportunity to gush on the short season that Sam Prater had in 2020 mm-hmm. and hope for more out of 2021, right?
1: Well yeah, that and that kind of makes it key so that if, if Diodotti can play in the outfield, well you don't have to catch Sam three days in a row. You can right. put Peyton Wilson back there. Peyton Wilson had a freaking good year too. I mean, you hit 333. Um, but I mean, yeah, obviously the year that Sam was having, he was playing so, so well. Um, it was mean, a shame that it got cut short. But yeah, we got him coming back. You've got Peyton Wilson. I've heard good things about Hammeter also. Um, so I, I feel like your depth at catcher is really solid.
0: Absolutely. And Grant Nip is coming in as a uh, as a catcher in the in the freshman class, and then Johnny Hawk is yeah. is back from his uh it,
1: completely forgot about Johnny
0: Hawk being back. I, I mean, when when you have a shortened season like this and everything gets weird, it's easy to forget about Tommy John guys, but he's more depth at, at catcher as, as well. But you make a good point about outfield depth in general. If you can develop that to the point that Peyton Wilson doesn't have to be in the outfield every single day and he can help out by giving Sam Prater some, some rest at catcher every now and then, I think that, that helps Alabama in every way imaginable. Um, now, now we move to the bullpen with Casey Cobb departing, and then it's not draft-related, but Garrett Rooks is also departing. He grad-transferred to Florida International. There are some holes to fill in, in the bullpen. I'm curious who are the names that you're looking most out of because obviously, obviously the bullpen is going to be anchored by the Viper and the Wizard in the back. That is sure. is certain. Shouts to Chase Lee, shouts to Brock Guffey, the Viper and the Wizard. Who are the supporting arms for you? I
1: mean, Jacob McNary had a, I mean, a pretty – he had three appearances, nine innings, gave up a run. Um, expect some things out of him. Okay. Um, like I said earlier, um, Ross. I think Ross. Gonna, Ross is going to be your – we need we're gonna need some big innings out of Ross. So I mean, you got so when you have the Wizard, the Viper, then McNary, Ross, I expect, you know, we're gonna bring in some freshmen who are gonna be able to give us some innings. Um so I feel pretty good about the about the bullpen. Landon you know,
0: Green Dylan
1: Dylan Smith, Landon
0: Green. Landon Green is the name for me. I know he wasn't necessarily strong in, in his twenty twenty season, but that was early in him coming back from from Tommy John, the, the 2020 season was going to be something that kind of works him slowly into what the coaching staff thinks he he can be. He's someone that the coaching staff is really, uh, they, they think highly of, of Landon Green. They think the stuff is there. So while he would have benefited from getting an inning here or there over the the SEC season that would have been, he also benefits from from that rest as well. And if he can find himself in the fall, uh, in the fall of 2020, after his uh, Tommy John kept him out for the 2019 season, am I doing this? Yes. Yeah. He yeah. He missed, he missed. He did of, not
1: play in 2019.
0: Right. If he can find himself in the fall of 2020, he's someone that's gonna get big innings for you. And, and again, it, the bullpen is most likely to run through that that trio you mentioned: uh, the Viper, the Wizard, and Tyler Ross. That's most likely to be. Where your bullpen lives and dies. But if you need someone to pitch the seventh inning on a Saturday when you're protecting a seven to four lead, having someone like Landon Green is big because, in all likelihood, you probably used at least one, if not two, of your top three to help you on Friday potentially get a win. So having someone like Landon Green who can reliably give you an inning or maybe a little bit more. To help you close a Saturday game if you got a lead, that that's invaluable. Put it this way: the Mississippi States and the Vanderbilts and the Floridas of the world, they have two or three Landon Greens.
1: Exactly, and so we want to be able to have those guys. Yeah, anytime you, I mean, the goal is going to be to get to get the game to the Viper, um, to the Wizard in the eighth and the Viper in the ninth. That's been, and if you have that a guy who can bridge that, and maybe even give you two innings, maybe your starter goes five. It could get you the sixth and the seventh, and that's even better. And hopefully, landing you know the mix of those guys with landing Green, um, Tyler Ross, you know, you know, even if you're using a couple of those guys on Friday, having those guys left over on Saturday, and, and then having the opportunity, you know, you need to go Johnny Holstaff on Sunday, you can.
0: Right, and, and Tyler and Garrett Rooks is is a significant loss in that regard because he's kind of that. He was multi- that
1: long reliever. He was right. the guy who, if you know your starter doesn't go, well, we know we're going Rooks.
0: So Tyler Ross is going to be that guy. He was he was already that guy in in 2020. I mean, if you if you look at the the short season that was for him, he had six outings. Four of them were two innings or more. Uh, mm-hmm. The first two outings were three innings each, helping the bullpen get from a short start to to the end to the Viper and the Wizards. So it, what game was that? Uh, that was Northeastern and ULV. Okay. Did it both times, and then had two and a third against Harvard. All all of those uh, outings, by the way, his first three outings went eight and a third innings, gave up seven hits, no runs. Mm -hmm. Strong. So you're going to need another one of those guys. And maybe it's Jacob McNary. Maybe it's Landon Green. Maybe it's Dylan Smith. Maybe – the junior college addition to the the pitching staff, and we're gonna get to that in a second, but the junior college addition to the pitching staff, Hunter Ruth becomes either that or he becomes someone that worked his way into the weekend rotation. So you work everything down a rung, and maybe William Freeman transitions from your midweek starter to a longer reliever over the weekend. I'm just I'm just spitballing. That's not an informed take by any stretch of the imagination. It's just something that could happen when you introduce a junior college arm into the, into your, not necessarily your starting rotation, but into your pitching staff, there are options there, but Alabama is going to have to find one.
1: Right. And I'm, you know, hopefully, you know, we get to play fall baseball and are going to have time to figure those things out and see who, you know, who can be those guys.
0: That's, That's a good point. I did, uh, I did just say fall baseball, presuming that it would happen when uh, the Ivy League showed. That's not necessarily a, a safe assumption, and I, I imagine other other leagues around the country will will do the same. Whether it happens to to Alabama or the SEC remains to be seen. Um, is there anything else on your mind relative to the twenty twenty one roster? I'm trying to think of other defections of of note. Uh, we covered we covered Garrett Rooks.
1: Kyle, uh, Kyle Cameron, also a defection. You know, he could he could have come back and played. He's going to be a student assistant. Um, yeah. So, really happy for him.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's going to be good to have him around. Like he's someone. Right.
1: He's a good dude. Everybody everybody on the team really likes him. He's just a good. I've known I've known Kyle since he was like four years old. Um, just a really really good. You know, I was saying kid, but I guess now like young man it makes me feel really old. Considering like I was in high school when he was a kid. Um, his dad. His dad was my high school baseball coach. Yeah, so Kyle's well. been
0: in college for like 19 years. You know, he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's the thing. It's, he's like, he's not even that young anymore. So yeah, he's like 24, I think now, yeah, 23. But yeah, he's gonna have an opportunity to get his master's. Um, so yeah, really happy for Kyle.
0: Yes, and and he's someone who, in his conversation with me and announcing that he was uh, hanging up the cleats, he kind of recognized that one of his bigger roles on the most recent couple of teams was being there for younger guys and, and helping mm-hmm. Bohannon and staff enforce the culture and the expectations for the program that they have in mind. So the fact that he can still serve that role for, for the program as a, as a student assistant and then maybe later, well, as a graduate assistant, and then uh, maybe later as a, a different titled coach, that's, that's valuable for, for sure. For um, now he, he did get you five and a third innings. In the 2020 season, so you would you would rather not lose that someone you can you can go to, um, but I, I'm sure they'll they'll find a way, especially with the the freshman arms they have coming in. Um, so if you can't think of anything else, I'm going to quickly. Run over the recruiting run that Alabama's been on in the last six weeks or so. And in,
1: in the interest of full disclosure, I know, like, I've seen like the, the commits. I know nothing about these guys, and like, it's baseball recruiting. Like, I mean, I I you know, I get a note of like, I have friends who follow, and they're like, oh, this guy's really good. This guy's really good. But, like, I know nothing about any of these guys. So if you're looking for informed opinions, you've come to the wrong place.
0: Uh, I I could not agree more with that. I, I find it uh, when when you recruit at this level. It's just hard for me to invest in them until they get on campus, you know, because like, it's it's entirely possible that they don't. So I, I just I have a hard time with that. But and since June 1st, Alabama has added, doing some quick counting, I think 10, 10 guys to, to their recruiting classes spanning 2020. So two guys that are going to be on campus in the fall, in theory. And through their 2023 class, so the, the 10 commits they've gotten over the last six-ish weeks are, are spanning a lot of needs for them. Uh, Hunter Ruth is a JUCO pitcher who started at Florida. And Will Pitota is a slugger out of Southern Union State Community College. They'll both be on the roster this spring. Hunter Suit, I hope I'm pronouncing these right, by the way. I'll, I'll get your names right when you get to campus and I get the pronunciation guide from, from Alabama's SID. Shouts to Alex.
1: You
0: got a lot of hunters, by the way. Uh, I know you're you're taking over. What's wrong? How are you doing this? Yeah, I know it's nice. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we're gonna get you all confused. It's a it's a problem. Um, Hunter Suit is a 2021 catcher out of ACA in Tuscaloosa. Braylon Myers, the 2021 infielder out of Oak Grove High in Bessemer. Connor Ball is a 2021 left-handed pitcher out of Chelsea High School in the Birmingham area. Nathan Shelton's a 2021 lefty from ACA in Tuscaloosa. Carter Stanford is a 2022 righty from Spanish Fort. Skylar Hutto is a 2022 righty from Trinity. That's West Morgan High School. Jansen Kenty is a stud in the 2023 class from Noonan, Georgia. And Evan Hager is a promising 2023 hitter from Michigan. All of those guys have committed to Alabama since June 1st. And, and some of these have been... Percolating for a while, as baseball recruiting is, you start doing these things two, three years in, in advance. But it's still an impressive run to to go on for for Alabama baseball in the in the recruiting realm, and it's indicative of why this staff was brought here in the first place, right? Like I know Hunter was a a big Brad Bohannon stand before. Bo was the head coach here because it was all because it
1: was because of his recruiting. I knew right. what a reputation he had on the trail throughout the sec, both from his time at uh, Kentucky and at Auburn. So right. That's why he was, he was my guy and it's, and he's hot. It seems like he's hired assistant coaches who have that similar mindset, who really just know that how important it is to just kill it on the recruiting trail and work your tail off. And it's, been kind of nice you know with not a lot going on sports wise for these commits to come in so you at least have something to look forward to hopefully
0: pay rata that's my that's my commentary I, on the of course for sure pay rata um, but all of that has been happening since june 1st and i'm gonna have a story on that later in the week so hopefully it's up by the time this podcast goes live but if it's not it should be shortly thereafter so go to tiesports.com or Check my Twitter feed at Brett underscore Hudson for when that story comes out. But it's been it's been a heck of a run for for Bama baseball in the in the recruiting world over the last uh six weeks or so.
1: And, and what I've really enjoyed is how many of them have come like on your off day or at night.
0: Please, I haven't had an off day in months.
1: Well, at least at night.
0: Please, yeah. They they come while I'm trying to put one of my daughters down to sleep. That's when it... That's when it happens. So, thinking um, of
1: that, I have not seen you since the pandemic started. This is this has nothing to do with and baseball nor pickles. I've got a baby book that I got when those girls were born for for them. That was that was my gift. I, it's still sitting in my closet. I've got to get that book to y'all at some point.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll text you my address. Gonna, eventually,
1: the kids are going to like know how to read, and the book's not going to be any good for
0: them. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll text you my address so you can you can mail it to us. I'll, all
1: right, all right, sounds good.
0: But yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at in in the pandemic, man. Uh, I haven't seen my podcast co hosts in three months.
1: I actually have gotten to see Cecil some. Cecil came has come over a couple times to watch some stuff, um, and we've gone to lunch. But yeah, I haven't seen you. Haven't seen Clint. Yeah, we need to get the get the band back together. Do that session podcast soon.
0: I know. Uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully yeah. soon. Going to be doing a, a roundtable episode from from a set from session a delightful bar in downtown Tuscaloosa. Uh, that'll happen eventually, COVID COVID allowing it'll it'll yes. happen. Uh, but we appreciate y'all listening to the Bama Beat podcast brought to you by Wickles Pickles. We'll have more baseball content when the news demands. We'll have more football content all the time because we we know who we are. Uh, Cecil and Hunter are rocking the basketball podcast. We'll probably have a softball podcast at some point when they're uh, when they're allowed to start doing things again. But as always, this is your hub for for Bama podcasting. So thank you for listening to the Bama Beat podcast. Thank you for buying Wiggles. Please buy Wiggles.